Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lumineers Quest podcast where we talk everything Lorcana. I'm Zach. And I'm Jacob. And thanks for coming on this journey with us. Okay, so today is a topic discussing some like strategies to deal with like d- tough characters, difficult situations on the board that may arise, and how to best handle those situations or difficult decisions that you have to make when playing the game. Basically, annoying cards that you have to deal with. So, kind of jumping ahead to the comments and questions, we don't have a direct comment or a question from a listener, but this all came about because one of my friends came to league with me for the first time this week and was playing into an Aladdin Heroic Outlaw and just kept questing and just kept dying. And so it was like very apparent then that some of these things that we take for granted might not be there. And so this is, you know, if you're a new player, definitely listen to this full episode. If you're a, you know, novice into a, you know, a relatively seasoned player, maybe you'll find some, you know, quick tips or something, but um, hopefully this, you know, will be a little bit of a refresher for you. So that's that's kind of the idea. That's kind of where the the idea came from as well. So yeah, that's that's what we're gonna go with this episode this week. I've got I've got one I want to talk about that's uh, pretty crazy. So. All right, well we'll get into it. So again, you know, if you're listening on the, the the podcast or the audio versions on any podcast network, you can follow our channel on YouTube at Illumineers Quest. If you have any questions or want to comment on anything or any future ideas, you know, you can message us on Twitter or X at Lorcanapod. Uh, and then the same for our email, lorconapod at gmail.com, and you can get in touch with us and let us know what you think. So, yeah, let's let's get into this. So, again, you know, this is kind of no direct question or comment from a, a listener this time, but kind of in our local community on what to do with the friend that we played with that got a 12-lore shift in, in one game. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, first... First topic here then, card of the week, and I told you before we started filming, I'm stealing this one, because even though I think it's your turn, because I have a very strong feeling about this one. So, Hades, if I tell you Hades, what's the first Hades that comes to your mind? Is um, it the god of Olympus, I think, or king of Olympus? I forget what they The amber one, right? Yeah. Okay. That's correct, but I have a different Hades in mind because I think it's one of the strongest cards right now, especially on the deck I've been playing. So I'm looking at Hades, Lord of the Underworld. So four cost, uninkable, three strength, two willpower, but his ability like blows him over the top for me. So his ability is when you play this character, return a card from your discard to your hand. So the way that I've been using this, and this is he's in the deck that I've been playing on, um, on Pixelborn lately, is... If you need him early, like if, if you need something early, then gets banished. I usually use him on like Rafiki to go in and rush and to be able to take a card out real quick. And so if I don't have a Rafiki in my hand and I know I'm going to need to challenge, then I'll do it relatively earlier then to get Rafiki back in my hand to be able to reuse him. But the most impactful way to do it is I play, I've been playing an Amber Amethyst deck. And so I've got Rockstar Stitch, then Surfer Stitch, and Elsa, Spirit of Winter. So imagine that you be prepared my board, I pull out a Hades and get Elsa right back. Or I get, I don't know, Dragon Fired, and I pull whatever card you just Dragon Fired right back. It's really, really annoying to deal with. You know, it's one of the first things I thought of with synergies like that is, um, it's not in the game yet, but Dinner Bell. You can banish, choose a card that you banish, and then you bring it back into your hand. That's insane. I honestly that hadn't even occurred to me, but I you're right. I think there's definitely some synergy there because 
the, just the ability, you know, so the, the, the reason I say that this is the car of the week and the reason I've been so jazzed on it lately is because, you know, you have, and it, it ties in perfectly with this episode, is, you know, once you get into like the mid and the late game is when a lot of people's importance cards start coming out, whether it be a giant Tinkerbell or a Elsa Spirit of Winter or an Ursula. Yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff that's really incredibly hard to deal with. And so if you spend a lot of your resources, whether that be a Dragonfire, whether that be a Be Prepared, whether that be like a Maui or whatever it is, that you have to spend a lot of resources to get their powerful card off the board and then you just play down Hades and get it right back, they might be decimated because they had to spend two or three characters challenging or they had to spend all their ink last turn to get them off the board. And so it's just really demotivating to have to then go right back into that card that you just banished. So that's, that's the reason I think this is so powerful, and I initially like really used this the wrong way. So now understanding a little bit more on how to like really situationally use it has been incredibly powerful for me. No, it sounds, I mean, I haven't played it yet because I haven't really played this Amber much yet, but it sounds like an incredible Yeah, I, I love it, and I think it's definitely overlooked too. And with the three strength, you know, it can take out stuff a little bit stronger or be part of some, taking something out a little bit stronger, so that definitely helps too. But yeah, so that's my card of the week. And I'm sorry for for stealing your your turn here no, because yeah I, I I just I was like I have to do it because Very the, ladies of you. yeah the, yeah it's it's in line with the expectations on how to deal with you know hard characters it's yeah I'm I'm Hades on the the bit as well so welcome to the villains yeah welcome. okay so with that said getting into the news what's on our mind this week I think we have a little bit of the same feeling here a few things on chapter two but mainly i think the biggest news that came out and it's just today we're filming on friday september 29th and ravensburger just announced that they're pushing up their restock dates for both chapter two and chapter one so they're doing it in time for the holidays so they're doing it this year in december versus january of next year which one i'm still trying to finish my play sets of a lot of these cards for chapter one but two with the, the way that things have been going chapter two is going to be just as hard to get as chapter one and so the knowing all of these that are coming out will hopefully at least maybe suppress a little bit of the scalping i mean i know it'll still happen and i know it'll still be out there but maybe we have a little bit less of that to deal with i mean i think they're seeing how well this is selling and how well it's going fast so hopefully they really see that helping out the gaming community gets people more excited about the game and just overall more hype around it because um, they're able to play the best cards and the best decks in the game. So I have been seeing a ton more people on social media talking about playing the game, which is what's super exciting. Not just collecting or not just like dipping their toe in, but genuinely starting to build decks, starting to try to understand the game better. And so, yeah, getting these cards out there in people's hands will help grow the community big time. Um, and getting... You know, when, when Chapter 2 releases, it's obviously going to be tough. But having, you know, not long after, it's it's second wave of release will be really nice to have to get some of these cards that look to be incredible for Chapter 2. On top of that, I will definitely have this on my Christmas list for all of the people that may be getting me a gift. And what do you want for Christmas? Lorcana cards. <laughs> that, yep. That's the simple answer. Yeah, that's me too. I mean, for the, for the most part. And with and with they they're saying it'll be here for the holidays, so that's important I think. So um, getting it in time for that. Yeah, I mean, they know that's when their biggest sales are going to go through. So yes, yeah, so that's a big one. And then 
Um, I guess we can kind of use the, the rest of what's on our mind going into the main topic again is I had a buddy that came with me to league this week, as I mentioned just quickly there. That was fun to have him around to try to teach him. He had a great time from what he said. And so, you know, it's good to see again, expanding the community and growing the player base here. Um, and so that's, that was fun too. You know, it was again, getting fun to experience the game with new people. I know that your family has was initially a little hesitant to want to play and they were more just kind of, you know, on the collecting slash fun side of it. But recently they've been like super amped up into like really getting into this too. My dad will get home from work and say, Hey, you want to play Ricotta? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, and that's what I mean. That's what it's all about. So, that's you know, helping to grow the, the player base here is, has been definitely on our minds too. Cause I think your dad has played with us a lot, mm-hmm. but I think, the last time we played together, it was very apparent to me that like he's in this. Oh, like yeah. he's like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in this. It went from like buying a starter deck and like trying it out and like oh, I don't really want to play. I just want to you know play with you guys when it release. To I'm building the deck and I'm putting it together and I'm playing with you guys. And he's, I mean, it's pretty good too. It's a ember emerald uh, ruby. And I, th- I think you got to talk about his strategy. I know it's not like the most meta deck of all time, and it's. You probably wouldn't win in the top tier, but for us measly beginners, it's a really fun strategy and super annoying to deal with I from mean, what you told me. The main thing is like he's just using the best cards in each color besides like the legendaries, although he does have a full beast legendary playset that he likes using. But um, he uses all like the good questers from Emeralds, so your Cusco's, your Mad Hatters. I'm, talk- I'm talking specifically what you told me he does with Cusco. Oh, okay. This is this is getting into our main topic essentially, but yeah, this was one of the my topics here. So, it's one of the most annoying things that I've ever played against in the game. <laughs> He'll put down a Cusco, and in the back he has a Shield of Virtue. So, quest for three, Shield of Virtue, and I can't challenge it. I can't Dragon Fire. I can't freeze it. I can't do anything to this card and it's going to come back next turn in quest for three and then ready up again i've never seen that done i know that there are a couple red or ruby emerald decks out there that have started to be relatively popular with a lot of the evasive pressure that like peter pan and tinkerbell and pongo and uh goofy can give but that's a whole new way to play that i've never seen that before and i think you know there are a few ways around having to deal with that so again, it's probably not the most, you know, if you have like a super meta deck, it's probably not the most impactful one ever. But I think that's like, I had never even, like that had never even crossed my mind, that the way to play it like that. So that's just, again, super fun to see like new ways of playing this stuff. It is wild. I mean, the, the Lord at first, like the deck card, it's like, okay, I can only challenge it. You can't do anything to it now. It is, you can't get rid of it at all. Um, the only thing you can do is try to get rid of the item. Yeah. So let's so let's jump into the main topic here. How to deal with annoying powerful cards essentially. So Cusco, we started talking about that one. So let's let's start there. Um, he, as you mentioned, he has ward, which means he can't be directly targeted with any items or actions. And so you can't, you know, use Dragonfire on him. You can use be prepared because it's not directly challenging him, but normal things too like smash or you know any other damage dealing thing won't work against him and so it's really hard to take him off outside of challenging and so 
if, like you said, you have somebody playing against you that has shield of virtue to ready him back up, then you can't challenge him either. And so to your point, you have to have some sort of item removal, which is kind of few and far between these days, to deal with it, or to kind of just beat him to the finish line, which I think when you have somebody questing for three every turn with one card, that's pretty hard. He'll also use, like, fan of flames with it, too. So that's <laughs> really, it's really hard to deal with. That's only one cost, and he's able to do that. So he's able to play another card on top of it instead of doing three for Shield of Virtue. So I am in the process of figuring out how to deal with that specifically. Um, yeah. I mean, that's and that's a really specific, you know, example with Cusco. No, it is. So again, sure. given he has Ward... It's, you know, you can't, like we said, you can't deal any direct damage to him. So most of the time, the scenario when talking about dealing with really impactful cards with this, it is like use Dragonfire or Let It Go or Hades that has the Let It Go ability that puts him in their inkwell or something like that. And so that's kind of a blanket statement for all of these, right? Like Dragonfire, aside from something that has Ward, is always going to be a great option. You know, even if it's something that costs, you know, two, maybe three ink, but is really annoying to deal with. You know, like I've had Flynn Rider Dragonfire before. I don't think that's a bad play. You know, when I started, I definitely wouldn't have understood that because Flynn costs two, Dragonfire costs five, but Flynn is really annoying to deal with, and if you don't have many cards to begin with, it's not a bad play. But that's kind of, again, across the board on things, you know, any direct damage, any direct removal, stuff like that. That's obviously good ways to take care of any of these cards. So outside of that, that's kind of where our focus is going to be. It's going to be synergy other cards and other characters to take out the, the big yeah so again for Cusco that strategy your dad's using is insane I think you just kind of have to play around that one or you know remove uh, shield of virtue with like a befuddle or a beast from steel that has the ability to remove items when played you know outside of that it's kind of hard because there's not a bunch to deal with items yet so I think you know in that given scenario you either got to do some sort of item removal or you have to just kind of erase him to the finish and deal with everything else on the board and just not worry about it because that's an insane strategy. It's, it's crazy. Okay. Anything else for Cusco then? I know that was kind of, I know that he, cause he's kind of the exception, right? Like with Ward, it makes it a lot harder to deal with. Ward, yeah. Ward makes everything insanely tough. Yeah. Um, it's huge. So, okay. So yeah, Cusco, you have, basically you just have to challenge. You have to throw your, you have to be prepared. For, oh gosh, I did it again. You have to be ready for Cusco to come out. If you're playing an Emerald deck, know that it's coming, right? Like Cusco's the best card in Emerald. I think most people would agree with that. And so once you start getting to, you know, three, four, five ink in your opponent's inkwell, just be ready for it. Like have a fighter on your board, have somebody that can do, you know, two or three damage and then, you know, have somebody else that can then finish them off or make sure you have somebody that can do it in one swoop. But just understand that that's going to come and be ready to attack that when it does happen. The best way to deal with Cusco and that specific strategy, in my opinion, even though I don't play it, would be Mother Gothel and Jasper. Because they can't quest. So it's either going to have to challenge one of your cards, therefore it will get damaged. So that would be probably, like, if you're playing an Emerald against Emerald, that would probably be good. Well, you can't Jasper him because that would be directly... Oh, you're right. So it would have to be Mother Gothel be because Mother it wouldn't Gothel. be directly. So he couldn't quest. But so that's not a bad. That's not a bad option either. I think, given the circumstances in the board, you know, Mother Gothel isn't too hard to deal with sometimes. But in general, my the way that I deal with Cusco is just understanding that he's coming relatively soon. Meaning, you know, again, there's four or five ink in there. Your opponent's inkwell, 
and just having the characters on the board ready to take him out when that time comes. Okay, moving on. Um, the the card that spurred this on, this entire conversation, Aladdin Heroic Outlaw. One of my favorite characters, one of my favorite cards. I think, and I think I said this maybe once or twice before, this was one of the cards where I had to read it a couple times. The first one's like, wait, it really does? Like, it really steals two more and gives you two? So, it's a crazy ability. Yeah, so Aladdin Heroic Outlaw, just to recap, is a seven-cost inkable card with five strength, five willpower. The, I think the most critical piece of this card, though, is his shift ability, so he is a Floodborne. But as Jake just mentioned, the ability that he has is Daring Exploit, and it says during your turn, when this character banishes another character in a challenge, you gain two lore and your opponent loses two lore. And so it's a four lore shift, and so it's, incre you, it's incredibly important that you don't just always quest into it and not challenge him when able to because unless you're questing for like 10 it's probably not worth it yeah no. and so you can t i think we both play this against this card enough to like talk about our strategies and so I'll, I'll i'll kick this one off here and so the way that i like to do it is again number one you have to anticipate it coming it's really easy to anticipate if they play aladdin street rat to, you know to shift onto and you know that it's most likely going to come especially if they're not questing with them if they're questing with the street route aladdin it might be you know a little less likely that they have him because they're not protecting the card and putting him into harm's way to have the potential of him getting removed before you can shift onto it so you know there's that piece i would still always take out street rat if you have the chance if they quest and you have the the opportunity to take them out just do it because you don't know what they're going to draw or know if they're baiting you or not um, but again, so anticipating him coming out as one, but then two is being able to take him out right away. So again, whether that's some direct damage or direct removal, um, the way that, again, I've been doing it is I've been playing Amber Amethyst, and so I have Rafiki. And so what I'll do is if I know it's coming and I have a Rafiki in my hand, I'll just quest. You know, if, if I have somebody that can deal two damage to him, that's fine. Deal the two damage, do the, you know, he challenges. You do the four lore shift, but then you can remove them immediately. And so rather than having to just sit there and wait three or four turns with you not questing because it's such a big burden on the board, just be ready for it. Take the hit because it, he's going to come on there eventually, and you have to deal with it at some point. Take the hit, get him off the board, and move on. So what I've, I've done this multiple times against my dad, it's basically a makeshift Dragonfire. I, I know we're not talking about Dragonfire specifically, but this is a, essentially a makeshift version of it. So I use a, a, it's a Dreamborn Elsa. It's the one that if you exert that card, it exerts a... Oh, the, yeah, yeah, the, the three cost um, Snow Queen Elsa. Yes. So I'll use that to exert the um, Heroic Outlaw before it's like, ready to go. It's still drying. And then I'll Mally it. That's a great. That, that's a great option too. It's essentially a makeshift dragonfire, but um, that's like, and that's that'll be my example for a lot of these bigger cards too. Is that's a so being proactive. So yes. doing what you so not letting them make the decisions. You making the decisions. Yes. That's a that's a big one too. Is again so anticipation and aggression into them. I think are both good like overarching strategies on things to consider when dealing with these for sure 
Yeah, so I mean, I mean, again, I think you know, with Aladdin, you know, if you can avoid him ever getting on there, meaning you take out Street Rat if possible, then that's going to be a great one. But understanding that he basically has rush when he shifts because he can then challenge right away is really tough to deal with. And so having that understanding and anticipation that it's coming is is important to go through. And then yeah, just being proactive with it and you know exerting him and just challenging into him with a, a rush character like Maui or something else that's a that's a I that hadn't even I don't play you know Ruby Amethyst and so that hadn't crossed my mind but that's a fantastic way to do it too you have to whenever you see uh, another lad on the board if that's Prince Ali or Castile or the street rat any of those you have to be ready for Zero Catalog no matter what you have to be there we go. There we go. Yes. You did it too. Nice. Too. Nice. Um, but you have to. You really yeah. Do. If, if, if they're paired with Ruby, if you know that they're playing Ruby, I would. there are very few decks that don't have Heroic Outlaw in it. If you're playing Ruby, there's a 90% chance that your opponent has Heroic Outlaw. So just be on the watch for it to come out. Nice. Nice change. Like <laughs> okay. I don't want to say it every time because there, there's, there's probably... I can, talking about preparation... And using that, you know, foresight to understand what your opponent's going to do. I could say that 10 more times this episode, so I'm going to try not to say it every time. Okay, moving on. In the, in the sense of what you've kind of been talking about with Amethyst, I play Amethyst too. I play this card too. Is Elsa Spirit of Winter? Quite possibly the strongest card in the game? Possibly? Yeah, I mean... It's... If single-handedly wins the games... Given like, given the situation, it definitely has the ability to single-handedly win games. I know that it's... And I think and I think the reason I say it's quite possibly the most powerful is is because a lot of these other cards that I think are super impactful aren't necessarily the cards that finish it for you. Like, Elsa is the card that comes in late and finishes the game and lets you win. And so that's why I think that that like, rises to the top of mind when you think about strongest cards. Um, but yeah, so Elsa's Spirit of Winter... She's the legendary in Amethyst, eight cost, uninkable, uh, four strength, six willpower, can shift for six, so again, another Floodborne, um, and her ability is deep freeze. Whenever you play this character, exert up to two chosen characters, they can't ready at the start of the next turn. So if you're playing an opponent, they have three cards on the board, and they're about to quest to win, you can exert two of them, not allow them to win their next turn. So... Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to go into my defense for this. Go for it. And because my, I've never used this defense, but my dad has, and we've gotten to it a little bit before. But it's Ward. Wh- they can't freeze you. So Ward, Ward is a huge one to to deal with her abilities, and I think any time again, you know, you're in a position where your opponent can play a really expensive, high impact card like this, you have to have something being ready to take it off. I don't care if it's a card that can challenge like you talked about with Maui that can deal a bunch of damage. I don't care if it's three or four cards on the board that you can all challenge into them. I mean, you there's nothing you can do about her ability aside from Ward. So if you're worried about this one specifically or getting late in the game and not being able to cross the finish line because of Elsa coming out, then yeah, having a character like Cusco with Ward or the Donald Duck and Sapphire with Ward I think are good options or you know an aurora the the dreaming guardian which we will get into in a little bit um but yeah so ward is definitely one to be um 
to have like you know on the offensive side of it but defensively when you pl- there's nothing you can do to keep somebody from playing a card like if they have the ink you can't say you can't play a certain card in your hand no. so you just have to have to again anticipate what's coming and understand that that could happen to you and be on the watch I'm not gonna do it I'm trying to get my bet my very best and I say it every time to be on the watch for that to happen so that if it does so like again so the way that I will say this is if I think my opponent's at a position where they will play it, I know they're on Amethyst, I know they have 8 ink, I know that they you know, haven't played any yet, then there's a good opportunity for them to that to have happened, is to have three cards on the board. And I know you can't, like, you know, if you don't have enough ink to put three cards on the board, then you can't do that. But try to not just keep one or two cards when you know that's going to come because then your entire board gets frozen. But if you have three cards on the board you can at least try to do something with it or salvage the turn somehow but if you've only got two characters they both get frozen then your next turn's done because you can play something else it's got to dry maybe you play Rafiki like I like to but one Rafiki's not going to take out Elsa and so it's 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 just it's again it's it's being prepared I'm going to say at that time being prepared for that to come and then anticipating what's going what you're going to do once it does happen because it can be right around the corner I mean, yeah, I, I basically agree with everything you said. Um, you just, you have to have enough cards to challenge. Like, I think, and I think that's what is useful for any of these bigger cards that have on the more defensive side that have a lot of um, willpower is you have to have, you just need to make sure that you're you're okay in the strength department, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, even little cards like Gaston come in real handy. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great example. I mean, I, I think that this was a big mistake that I made really early on too, was just kind of having not like just vanilla cards that don't have abilities, but just very generic cards that are all kind of just do a little bit of everything. And that's when we started to talk about like Gaston and Maui and some of these characters that have Reckless that don't that can't quest, but they still have a ton of value because once you get to this point in the game, you have to have somebody that can challenge. And if all your characters do two or three damage, you know, maybe, you know, two is a very normal number for damage, you know, to do in challenges for lower cost cards, take three to take her out. And so I think you just have to, again, have, have the foresight to put cards like Maui, like Rafiki, like Gaston, like Zeus, like Giant Tinkerbell, you know, some of those other challenging cards that are mainly focused on card removal. Or even even like a Captain Hook or a Prince Eric. They both do three damage and they're both super low cost. And so if you have two of those on your board, then boom, boom, she's dead. Yeah. So that's, you know, another great option. Okay, so just be ready for removal, essentially. Yes. And again, you can't really stop her ability unless you have a ward. Um, and so if you don't do that, then just understand that she could come and have cards on the board to take her off when that happens. Okay, so we'll stick with Amethyst here. Let's move on over to Ursula. And I think we haven't really talked about Ursula too much, but I've started to see her a little bit more. And so it's hard to um, like have a, a plan for her because she hasn't been super relevant or super prevalent yet. But um, Ursula is a seven cost uninkable Amethyst card with only two strength, but she's got eight willpower. And on top of that, she quests for three. So huge tank quests for a ton and her ability is when you play this character each opponent loses one lore you may draw a card for each lore lost this way 
So, you know, a little getting into a little bit of the multiplayer stuff that we talked about last week, but um, I will start on this one too, real quick. Honestly, I just kind of ignore Ursula, and maybe that's not the right focus, but if you can like take everything around her out and they're only questing for three, then like, you know, that's not the worst thing in the world, especially if, again, you're ready for it. Like, if you have a Elsa Spirit of Winter on your side, or you have something on your side that can slow them down, I don't think it's worth challenging into with that eight willpower because even a Maui can't take her out. Like, you'd have to have two Mauis to take her out. So, that I just, I honestly, that's my, my strategy on Ursula is to just deal with everything else on the board just let ursula be they're not going to want if especially if you're in a position where you can challenge to start winning meaning like you're on the cusp of winning and they have to do something about you she's useless in a challenge because she only does two damage and so deal with the rest of the board and just do your best to alleviate all the other problems that's the way that i deal with it i know that's kind of a cop-out answer but that's that's honestly what I do. That's how I'm. That's how I deal with it. Jasper players rejoice, basically. Yeah, honestly, sure. I, I have done that before too. So that's actually I. That's actually a very very good strategy as well. Um, and I know like it's it's tough. Like the specific ways to get rid of cards are in specific inks, and so you could be playing two inks that have nothing to do with getting rid of the, the you know specific card like this. So usually there's a strength in every ink, and you just kind of have to figure that out what it counters and that's overall with this topic I feel like and this one besides the obvious of Dragonfire yeah I mean if I played Ruby would I Dragonfire sure I haven't been playing Ruby and so like that's my you know play around it but yeah obviously Dragonfire or to your point you know if you have a giant Tinkerbell then you probably can take it out a little bit easier because giant Tinkerbell can can challenge into her three times without dying or you can challenge into somebody else and put two damage on her. Yeah. And so there are always other options, but uh, yeah, she, she's one that if you don't have a Jasper, I love the Jasper shout out. I should have thought of that one. Uh, if you don't have a Be Prepared, if you don't have a Dragonfire, if you don't have a Let It Go, then kind of just play around it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have any of the obvious um, counters. Just, the, eight, the eight willpower... It's the highest in the game, right? Like, there's nobody with nine willpower. It's it's Maui and her, yeah. Yeah, so, again, incredibly hard to take off. Given that knowledge, just play around it and try to deal with everything else. Don't don't spend all your resources on taking out this one card when there's four or five other ink uh, or lore questing cards on the board. Take out those other four or five. Leave her be. So. Okay. Um, getting into one of my new favorites here getting into Rapunzel. So Rapunzel in Amber is probably the strongest card in Amber right now. I, I say probably. I would. I think most people would agree that it is. So Rapunzel gifted with healing. Four cost inkable. One strength, five willpower. Quests for two. The ability is the biggest thing that she has though is whenever you play this card, remove up to three damage from your character. Draw a card for each damage removed. So she's a lore machine with two lore and only costs four she's a card draw machine with the potential to draw three cards on the turn that she's played she's a little tanky with five strength or five willpower i mean so it's hard to take her off in one go it usually takes two goes because even again you know big cards like 
a giant Tinkerbell or Rafiki or even Zeus that can rush in for four costs only do four damage. You know, Maui is the most meta card I can think of that does five damage. And so aside from Maui, it's really hard to take off in one turn. Um, again, just like Elsa, there's nothing you can do to stop the card draw unless you understand that your opponent probably has her. And then don't put three damage on a four damage card. Make sure you take them out. Yeah, I mean, this is this is one of the, like, I'll use an example. I, I've seen someone play a Maui, and then they get rushed, they get an attack. Maui has three to four damage on him, and then they heal him, and they draw three cards off the Maui. He's ready to go again, and he'll probably survive. And that is one of the most annoying things yeah. <laughs> to deal with. Um, cause he, he can just keep, keep challenging and that, that is, I mean, that, that's a lot of cards that she can do that with. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I can talk about this one a ton because I do play it yes. on my pixel born stats for the deck that I play Rapunzel. I have over 120 games now, so I've played her a ton. The way that I see opponents making mistakes with her is basically what I said. They do three damage to a card that has four willpower or do two damage to a card that has three willpower and don't finish them off that turn. And so if you don't ever leave cards damaged on the board, then she's basically just a four cost two lore quester, which isn't the most value in the world. And so it's not always obvious and able to do that, but if you can make sure you're not leaving a bunch of damage on the board and you know that they've got Rapunzel, that's going to be your best bet against her. Yeah, because as far as I know, there's no... Um opponent can't heal cards or whatever um so you really just have to not play into it yeah they're gonna do what they want can't play into it again anticipating is coming and it's hard if they challenge on a turn and then in that same turn they play the rapunzel after that again there's nothing you can do but not playing into that is the best thing possible so um, so yeah, I, I think that's the, the most straightforward one there because it's on play and there's nothing else you can really do. It's just making sure you're not playing into their hand. Okay, so moving on from Rapunzel, let's go over to another Amber card, one of my favorites, Rockstar Stitch. So Rockstar Stitch is a shiftable Dreamborn card with six cost is inkable, three strength, five willpower, quests for three, which his ability is the crazy part is whenever you play this character or whenever you play a character that costs two or less you may exert them to draw a card so again he's a questing engine because he quests for three he's a card draw engine because if you're playing cheap cards under him then you can exert him and draw another card so the most obvious one to deal with this is since the cards that he that are getting played after to be his card draw engine are going to be two costs or less they're probably going to have two strength or, or two willpower or less. And so grab your sword is the one that really annoys me on this one. Mm -hmm. And that's the hardest one. Um, secondarily, he's only got five strength and only does three damage. And so he's not the strongest card, meaning from a strength position. So just take him out. I mean, you have to just deal with him, take him out, or have grab your sword. Those are my two examples. I mean, with, with five... Uh willpower he's he's more in the reasonable range to take out so you've got you've got a few more ways to like your your gastons your little do a big chunk on them not obviously not taking out but like or even some amethyst cards will 
two up here trying to find two, so... Chances are you have a card that will do two damage and a card that will do three damage on the board by that yes. turn. Yes. And so don't be afraid to challenge two cards into him and take him out. It's very worth it. Because more than likely that will probably save you a good chunk of the game. It'll save you a massive amount if you don't take him out because, again, if, if like, you know, he, even if, so if, let's say he's not shifted and so he plays the card on turn six, on turn seven he's got seven ink, and so he plays three one-cost cards and a two-cost card, and he just replaced all those cards in his hand. So it's it's much better to just take him out and then have, you know, to deal with other things. So unlike Ursula, who you can kind of just let sit there and quest for three, he has the ability to bring so much more onto the board, mm -hmm. so you have to just get rid of him. It's the exact opposite of Ursula. Not much willpower, like you said, just get rid of it. Best you can do. You have to, you have to deal with that one head-on. Okay, so moving on to... The other ruby card uh, of the set that we have, Maleficent Monstrous Dragon, which has the ability of Dragonfire, which when she's played, she can banish any character without ward, um, and then has seven strength, five willpower. So the seven strength is really, really difficult to deal with. Um, nine cost though, you know. So the nine cost makes her, you know, a really late game play, and then quests for two. I really don't know what you do with this. I mean. You, yeah, I'll let you you play with this a little bit more, and I know your dad plays with it. So, I mean, the way I've explained this card sometimes is, it basically can use Dragonfire twice, because it's using that obviously like insta banish, but then the seven strength. Seven strength can take out pretty much anything in the game besides Ursula and like Maui, um, Big Steel Maui. Um, other than that, it basically has another insta banish. Um, and obviously, Ward is most helpful. But other than that... Just... just I'm going to do it since it's a Ruby card. Be prepared for it to come and understand, and just anticipate it coming and deal with the repercussions of it because there's nothing you can do if your characters don't have Ward. And now, obviously, one of the bigger things around this whole topic, too, is most of the more annoying cards are legendaries, so you're not going to see maybe a full playset of four of these if you're going in League and if stuff. If you do, you're very unlucky. <laughs> That's, yeah, I mean, that sometimes it happens. Um, so, if there's a, a small chance you have to deal with these cards, there's a very high likelihood you cannot deal with them. Um, and this card being included in that, there's not much you can do with Yeah, that. this one's so late in the game with a 9 cost that at that point it's probably a race to the finish line. And if they're playing the Super Control Amethyst Ruby deck... And they they're starting to get these out every turn. Then you you kind of just in trouble at that point. You probably will have had to have done a lot of a lot of moves early on in the game to get yourself into a position where you can win before this happens. If she's coming out turn after turn, you know if they have a bunch of these and they haven't played them yet or inked them, it kind of might just be GGS. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, okay, so that one's a tough one. I think you just kind of you know again I don't really like challenging into her because she's gonna take out whatever you challenge into her. So just leave it there. Deal with the drag. Be ready to deal with the the dragon fire that she has the ability for, and move on. So, okay, we've got two left. We've got one in sapphire and one in um, and one in steel. So starting with sapphire here, we have Aurora, the Dreaming Guardian, the one that gives ward to the rest of the board. So how much we've already talked about ward and how powerful it is this turn. I think you just got to take it out. I think you, if she's got five strength, 
So again, kind of like Rockstar Stitch, not the most powerful card in the game. And given the fact that she doesn't give herself ward... And I think that's one of the things that gets overlooked about her, is that she herself does not have ward. Um, like I think I've, I've played... Like, my first few goes playing her, I didn't realize... Like I didn't... It didn't seem to, like, click with me that she didn't have ward. So, a Dragonfire... We're not talking about that, but something like that will work on her, just not any other Yeah, card. yeah. And so... If your plan is like with Elsa, you know, to freeze characters, she negates that like we talked about. So, again, this is one that you have to hit head on. Have cards in your deck that are solely purposed to challenge. Captain Hook, Prince Eric, Rafiki, Maui. You know, I'm trying to, I mean, even like Phil on, you know, Sapphire. That has, it's a two cost but has three strength. Or you know, has the support ability too. Like, just have somebody in your deck to deal with these cards. And so, I think again, another over good overarching theme of this is have somebody that's dedicated to challenging in your deck. Because if you don't have somebody dedicated to challenging, it's going to be really hard to decide who to challenge into these cards. And I mean, like, there's some inks where that's really hard to do. Like, obviously, the the easy one is is steel or or ruby. But I mean, there's there's some other inks that are a little more difficult to challenge with, and I think that's where it gets really difficult to to deal with cards like this. I think Steel, Ruby, and Amethyst are your three biggest Amethyst, challenging decks. Yeah. So Steel just has really strong challenging ability characters with um, like Captain Hook, with uh, the the little Captain Hook, the big Captain Hook, and then Eric. Uh, Prince Eric, and then you've got the Ruby cards. You've got a lot of Rush. Are reckless, I guess I should say, with uh, Gaston and, and Maui. So those are both the big two challengers from there. And then the Amethyst side has a bunch of challengers and Rush. So you have Rafiki that has Rush. You have Zeus that has Challenge and Rush. You have a Dr. Facilier card that has Challenger that has four health that only costs two. And so he's pretty strong for challenging because he's going to live through most of them. Um, and so, yeah, I think just, again having the the foresight when you're building your deck to have somebody dedicated to challenging so when these difficult situations do come up you know who you're going to tap to go and, and challenge the person into so again i think to, to sum up here i think aurora is one that you just you have to challenge into you have to be ready challenge into her and move on um okay final one moving over to steel we have tinkerbell giant fairy which quite possibly is one of the most annoying on my list, maybe top two or three, just given the, the deck I've been playing recently. This is a card that fits into the same realm as the Maleficent, where it's kind of difficult to deal with it. Um, and you can, you can give them the card. Yeah, so so she she's definitely one of the more annoying cards to deal with because her of her abilities, um, and she's definitely one of the most potent challengers. Uh, and so she's a six strength, or six ink, cost inkable card with four strength five willpower so not the most strongest card not the most health ever but her she has three abilities essentially she has shift because she is a floodborne so she can shift for four she also has rock the boat which is when you play this character deal one damage to each opposing character so right off the bat your pascals your lilos they're gone because only have one strength or one willpower and so they're doing one damage to it and then the puny pirate 
uh, ability is during your turn, whenever this character banishes another character in a challenge, you may deal two damage to chosen opposing character. So this is an like if you have any aggro decks, this decimates sure any does. aggro deck. Sure does. Um, but it's a single target that will just. I mean, this is the aggro deck killer. It's probably the most annoying card that I have to play against too, because I start off with Pascal, I start off with Small Stitch, I start off with Simba, and then I start off with like Maleficent and Amethyst that draws a card when you play her, and she's got two strength, two willpower too. So the, the Maleficent Sorceress card, all of those cards can be taken out by one Tinkerbell, basically in one turn. And so it's, it's again, anticipating that's coming and not playing into their hand, so not playing one Simba and three Lilos protecting behind it is probably you know a good decision if you know that your opponent's playing Steel. Uh, but I, I kind of think this is one that you have to be aggressive on. If you just sit back and let her challenge and heal potentially even you know I, I know that there's a really popular amber steel deck out there right now and so if you have if you're playing an amber steel and she challenges and then your rapunzel heals her and she challenges again or rapunzel heals her she can just run rampant and take like decimate your entire board and then you're in trouble and one thing to note here too is this is a super rare so more than likely you're going to see full play sets full i have seen full play sets of this so and this, so it's going to be more common than those tougher legendaries like the Maleficent. And this might be more annoying than most of those. Um, so, I mean, you just have to, you just have to be ready to, to tank a few hits. So again, this, this being another, we haven't talked about a shift card in a few. I mean, I guess the Aurora one was a shift as well. Um, but you don't see Aurora shifted near as much as you do see um, Tinkerbell shifted. We probably should have talked about this one on the Rockstar Stitch one, but... Since she does have a shift target, if you can take out that shift target on any of these dream board cards, take out the shift target. It makes it infinitely harder to get the card on the board, and on top of that, they can't decimate you the turn they're played. You know, the reason that I think this giant fairy is so unfortunate to deal with is because if she's shifted on, she deals one damage to everybody, she challenges a character the turn she's played because she's shifted on, so she kills that character, Let's say one of those characters was a, a Pascal that I play, so there's two characters gone, and then she can deal two damage to another character, and she you know puts that on somebody with three willpower, and that character's gone because she already did one damage from coming on the board. So there's three characters banished from one card, one turn. So if you have the opportunity to take out the shift target of Tinkerbell, mm -hmm. then that's, that's my biggest opinion, and if you can't take it out because they're protecting it and not exerting or questing, then you just have to be ready for it to come and, and not put all of your one or two cost cards on the board at that time because then they'll just decimate it. And then more than likely, once you take it out, there's another one coming. Um, yeah, and, and that's very unfortunate most of the time. Yep, I mean, you just, if you if you have a tankier deck, you're, I mean, you're, you're in good good shape because you can take it out. Um, once it's done, it's, it's, dam it's range of damage uh, real quick because it's a one so if you have a tanky, tanky cards are going to be fine um, for the most part. Yeah, tanky cards or a healing deck are good ways to deal with Tinkerbell if you keep getting annoyed with her like I do. You know, if you have a Rapunzel or you have, you know, an Amber deck that has another couple other healing options in there, that's a good way to deal with it. Um, 
again, I think the anticipation and being proactive with understanding that it's coming is one of the best ways. When I know that my when my opponent is playing a steel deck, you know Tinkerbell's in there. I I'm, I am 99% sure I have not played a steel deck that doesn't have giant Tinkerbell in it. And so understanding that she's coming and not putting six one you know six cards that have one strength on the board or one willpower god i've done that a ton today keep saying strength instead of willpower that have one willpower on the board just doesn't make sense and so anticipate the card coming into play and don't flood your side of the board with a ton of cards that are just going to get taken out by it yeah okay so that covers all of the big ones we wanted to talk about let's talk about the the main themes here then just to recap so we didn't talk about it every time, but we did off the top. So Dragonfire, Let It Go, Hades uh, from Sapphire that has the ability of Let It Go, um, the the legendary Infernal Schemer. That's a, those are like three direct removal. Then you have direct damage cards like Smash, Fire the Cannons, Giant Tinkerbell. We just finished talking about does you know direct damage to um, to all the characters on the board. So anything like that is going to be like your first line of defense if you're playing uh, inks with those cards in them. Secondarily, you want to anticipate them coming into play. So if you're talking about Heroic Outlaw or you're talking about Rapunzel or you're talking about Rockstar Stitch or some of the other shift targets, be prepared the last time of this episode. I'm sorry for everybody listening that you have to deal with me. Be prepared that those cards are coming and anticipate what you're going to do when it happens so that would be like the secondary one is don't play into them meaning don't play and leave two damage on a card on the board when rapunzel is going to be played next turn don't have a bunch of one cost cards that have one willpower on the board when you know giant tinkerbell is going to be played don't fall in their trap they're setting yes reading your opponent is incredibly important so that's that's kind of the second tier third tier is challenge them most of these cards with i think the exception of like elsa has six willpower so she's a little bit on the on the tankier side and then getting into ursula like those cards and then maleficent monstrous dragon like those cards you kind of just want to play around a little bit maybe not necessarily take them out they're being played so late in the game that you are hopefully close enough to the finish line at that point that you can just get to your finish line first um but the rest of them like your Cusco's, like your Heroic Outlaws, like your Rockstar Stitches, like your Aurora Dreaming Guardians, those you have to anticipate and then challenge when they're available to be challenged and take them off the board. Just take them head on. And then lastly, uh, before we wrap up here, the Ursula, the other side of that, the Ursulas, the Maleficent Monstrous Dragons, and your, and your, uh, the Elsa Spirit of Winters, play around them if you can, you know, Try to wipe the rest of the board clean and leave them there. Or if you have, you know, direct removal, obviously take care of those too. But yeah, I think that's it. I think that was a good. I mean, hopefully we gave you enough little plots to keep in mind while you're playing and building a deck. Yeah, and 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 again, the the most impactful thing that I've been able to do is just anticipate what you're going to be playing. Know if you're if they're playing Amber, Rockstar Stitch is probably coming. Rapunzel's probably coming. If you're playing Amethyst. Elsa's definitely coming. If you're playing Ruby, you have 100% Heroic Outlaws coming. Same with Cusco and so forth. So anticipate your opponent and be ready for it. So yeah, hope to your point, hopefully we helped at least a little bit and maybe help you understand the cards a little bit better and 
and give you some tips to be successful in your league games this week. All right. Hopefully, hopefully you got enough out of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you have any other comments or suggestions on how to deal with some of these these annoying cards, let us know, and you know we'll make sure to, to amend this later on down the line. So, as always, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Right, see you guys. Bye.